Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And it is the Charlotte and David show today, the dynamic duo. So exciting. Still not Uh, together, though. Still far apart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry, everybody. We are very far apart. Uh, Charlotte's on Skype. I'm in the makeshift studio, which is just my guest room. Uh, And we are coming to you this, what is it? It's like the first week of June, the week leading up to June 7th. Uh, Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday, liturgically speaking. Or you could call it the first Sunday after Pentecost. And... In terms of liturgical seasons, if you're keeping keeping up with your liturgical calendar, this would be ordinary time. Uh, we're going to get really much deeper into Matthew's gospel since it is year A and it's Matthew's year. We've been hearing a lot from John, but now that we're getting into ordinary time, we're going to get more into the gospel of the year, which is Matthew's. So, um which will start today, because today's gospel is from the very end of Matthew, and as, as uh, Charlotte said, it is Trinity Sunday, so we'll be talking about the Trinity, and we'll give you some reasons for why it's called Trinity Sunday and in the context. But first, we are going to check in with one another, because uh, in the absence of a guest, we like to share where we saw God uh, in this past week. So Charlotte, where did you see God moving in this past week of work or life or ministry, anything? This week I've seen God moving in a couple of distinct ways. Um, And for me, it's been these snapshots into the world that each of us is living in, because part of what I'm working on right now is preparation for a baccalaureate service that the diocese is putting on on June 6th to order to, um, to honor the class of 2020. And as part of that, the youth from all over our diocese have been invited to submit photos. And then also they're submitting um, answers to a commissioning prayer. And so one of those answers is, I am ready. Um, And then there are other answers as it goes along. But as that, it's the first time that I've seen a lot of the youth in our diocese face to face in a while, even if it is in video format. And being able to recognize the way in which this time period has changed their lives and as they prepare for the next thing in their life as part of it, um, that's been definitely a place that I've seen God and seeing them prepare for what is next, even though what's happening now wasn't something that any of them expected, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so there's definitely that window of how the youth look, but then also it's the, all of us doing the work behind the scenes to put that service together and have it be representative of so many different voices and cultures and congregations. And, you know, that it's important that it's diversity matches that of our diocese. Hmm. Right. Yeah. The baccalaureate is going to be so cool. Can't wait to see that. Um, for me, uh, I think George, I think, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe, I, I guess at this point it could have been six weeks ago. I have no concept <laughs> of time anymore, but, um, 
Mine, again, is George this week, uh, just because George is my almost two-year-old. He'll be two in July of 2020. And uh, he started uh, enjoying going on walks around the block. Up to this point, it's mostly been me pushing him in various pieces of equipment, whether it's a stroller or his little, uh, you know, plastic uh, car thing or his his tricycle that has a kind of like a little thing on the back that I can push him on it. But uh, he's very into walks now. He'll ask to go on a walk. And um, George, I think, I mean, I think this is true of of just kids in general, but uh, it's just amazing to like be with George at his own pace. And he teaches me so much about slowing down because <laughs> he's so slow, so slow. And... Um, <laughs> And like paying attention to this, literally the smallest things, you know, and if anybody's ever walked with a two-year-old, you know how it goes. Like it's very small steps and usually very slow pace and a constant stopping to like look at every little tiny thing that's on the ground, every little flower, every little bug that is there. But it is this, like it is, uh, it's, I feel like it's an invitation to me and to just just everyone every adult human um to like remember the the wonder of the universe like the the genuine sense of wonder of seeing of the things that that now you know I take for granted I just I could walk down the street and not notice you know 90% of the things that George notices and it's because I have yeah. walked past them so many times but they're also incredible mm-hmm. and so I've seen God definitely in that and kind of coupled with that is like these, there's these, um, there's these, I have like three different colors of irises at our house, two of them in the front and one in the back. There's a red one, a yellow one and a purple one. And they've all been blooming this last week. And it's just like the most amazing, like explosion of color. And so coupled with that kind of like, you know, awareness and wonder has been kind of this, this nice little invitation to and recognition of just the wonder of these plants like it's so amazing uh, to see the colors and the intricacy of the colors and the way that they're put together and the way they grow you know and like to see them every single day slowly you know bloom is amazing so george and flowers this week for me um so that's where we saw god this week we would love to hear from you uh, know where you saw God this week or hear any of your stories uh, or questions or reflections from this week of faith discussion or th- a reflection on, on your uh, faith or the gospel, you can uh, email us, faith2go at edsd.org. We'd love to get your emails. We'd love to answer any questions, share any stories that we get. Uh, you can contact us through the website where you can also find all the faith to go resources, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can also contact us through and follow us on Instagram at faith to go. And now we are going to get into the gospel for this first Sunday after Pentecost, AKA Trinity Sunday. Charlotte is going to read the gospel and then we are each going to highlight a point and then collaborate on a third. Yes, collaboration is our favorite. Yes. And the gospel for this coming Sunday is Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, 
to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hey, pretty short there from Jesus, huh? Four Four verses this week, four verses. Um. Wow, real change of pace because we've had so much, so many words, it feels like, in Lent. Especially in Lent, they were really long, but uh, the Easter season has had some long readings. Uh, today we get to focus on these very four, these four very specific verses. These are the last four verses of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, they're the last things that Jesus says, and what you hear there, I'll be with you till the end of the age. That's, that's it. That's the end of Matthew's Gospel. Um, so that is what the author of Matthew's Gospel and the community that produced Matthew's Gospel, the community that you know received Matthew's Gospel, this is this is what the author wanted people to hear last, you know, and so it has this. It is a, we call it the Great Commissioning because Matthew's the author of Matthew's Gospel felt the most important thing to leave people with was this commissioning from Jesus to go and do something, you know. And so it's very important to pay attention to that context because it's the end. If you were going to, you, ha- you would have to have a very specific design for how you're going to end such a book, you know, and you'd probably have a reason for why you ended it that way. And Matthew's, the author of Matthew's gospel has that reason as well. So we also call this uh, Trinity Sunday. So it's, it's a feast day where we celebrate the Trinity, the triune nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, but the, you know, this is coming up because we just celebrated, we just celebrated Pentecost. So if you think kind of chronologically, we have gone through Lent and Easter talking about the relationship of the father and Jesus Christ, and then Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit and then the descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples. And now we're kind of in, in terms of like kind of a logical next thing, talking about the relationship between these three things, or not really three things, but one thing and three, not parts, but three persons. So, you know, it's like the language is really hard, <laughs> right? Because, uh, you know, at, at any, every corner, around every corner is a heresy about the Holy Spirit, yes. I mean, a, about the Trinity. And um, so we're going to get into it today, but, but, you know, you see the Trinity showing up in this commissioning from Jesus. So you've got two things going on. You've got Jesus' commissioning of the disciples at the end of Matthew, and and uh, and and his and that commissioning, including baptizing people in the name of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, um, we are going to get into the points now, and Charlotte has the first point. I do, and David, I have to say, you know, I was chuckling as you were talking about some of it because you and I previously had the conversation about the challenges of Trinity Sunday. Um, but I think that the pieces that you were sharing right then leads directly into what my point is today, which is right at the beginning of this section in the gospel, we hear when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Mm-hmm. Well, I can understand that because so much of what they're experiencing right now, they don't know. So 
we have lots of things that happen in our life that we can understand with our head. And then we have many things in our life that we can feel in our heart. And sometimes those things are in relationship and they match up and we can experience them fully and wholly as true because the part that we know in our head and the part that we feel in our heart make perfect sense and they work in unity together. And then there's times in our lives where we know something deep within our heart, within our soul, and it calls us, particularly the disciples in this instance, to worship, right? Like they they immediately worship, but then their head's like, well, hold on a minute here. Maybe there's part of this that I don't completely understand. What do you mean you're going to be with me to the end of the age? I mean, like all of these pieces, all of these things, our head sometimes can get in the way of what we know deep within our Mm. heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's things in our own life that we can probably connect that to. As I was reading it and I was thinking about it, one of the things I connected to was the experience of being a parent. Um, you know, when I had my youngest daughter and I was pregnant, um, and I was carrying this baby and everybody kept saying to me, the minute you have this baby, you are going to love her. And it's going to be a love like nothing you have ever experienced in your life. Mm -hmm. A love like you have never known beyond the depth of anything you feel for your husband, um, beyond the depth of anything you feel for your other children. This, this little human being is going to carry more love for you than anything you've ever known. And in my head, that made no sense, Uh (laughs) right? Right? I met him, I loved him, we got married, we have a family, and and I understand all of that because I'm living it and I'm experiencing it. And so how could this this little tiny human that's going to come and complete our family be something different and more than anything I've ever felt before? And yet that is true. Uh The, the birth of that child, the birth of when my daughter Karen Ray came into this world, and in the moment she was put into my arms, I wept. And I knew that in my heart of hearts, it was a love like no love I'd ever known before. And yet in my head, I, don't, I cannot tell you why that was. Right. And so this whole connection of being able to worship, being able to adore and love and give thanks and praise to God... Um, I absolutely resonate with this. Hmm. I can also resonate with how completely complicated and messy that can be sometimes. And I think that right now, as many of us are considering the world that we live in and what the next form of worship is going to look like, well, maybe there's an opportunity in that to say, yes, we are called to worship. And we don't know what that worship is going to look like. And that call in and of itself can fill us with a different kind of doubt than we have ever had before. Mm-hmm. And that doubt is how do we care for each other and worship in this new way that we don't even know what it looks like yet. Mm-hmm. That creative way. Yeah, and, and I and I also as part of that kind of creativity, I think part of part of creativity is being able to hold that sense of wonder, which I think has a a, a bit of doubt in it uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> Like if if we're thinking about if we're thinking about how we can kind of like internalize this gospel and bring it with us into our relationships and into the world and with into the discussions that we're having, it's like how we how can we encourage ourselves or the people around us or our children to hold on to 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 not squash that sense of that doubt, but kind of like let it be a cultivate let it cultivate a, a genuine wonder and interest and desire for exploration in us you know that 
that doubt has been kind of cast as a as a negative trait but mm. but in its in its kind of more virtuous role it is the seed of of true like exploration and discovery you know and revelation and i think that i think that that, that kind of gets into my point because i want to talk about the the Two verses after that, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And, uh, you know, I think that um, this has been, we, we talk a lot about the mission of the church, the mission of God for a long time, that in the name of uh, mission, there has been a lot of there has been a lot of oppression and kind of atrocities in history. There has been a lot of like colonization and destruction of indigenous cultures and peoples in the name of the mission, in, in the name of uh, converting people to Christianity. And I think that there's something for us now to to wonder about and and to doubt about, uh, which is, you know, is there is Jesus. Jesus doesn't say go and make Christians. Jesus mm-hmm. says go and make disciples. Yep. And I'm not saying that a, a Christian is not a disciple. I do think it's probably possible to be to call yourself a Christian, and not really be a disciple. And um, and because Jesus, what Jesus is talking about, and what he's been commanding them, are not a whole bunch of dogmatic beliefs doctrinal beliefs, but a whole lot of actions and ways of being in the world, ways of being in relationship with other people. And like the thing that I always wonder about this is like, if this is, if we say to ourselves, why do we need to make disciples? Why is discipleship important? And we cite this verse and we say, well, Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. I think there's a follow-up question, which is why did Jesus say that? Why was this important to Jesus? And clearly, I don't think that's a hard I don't think that's an impossible question to answer because it's really asking what was Jesus's priority. And it seemed like Jesus was very much concerned with people's relationship to God and an equitable relationship with God and people's relationship and the equitability of that relationship with one another. And that includes, you know, big systemic kind of societies. And so I feel like the, just the pursuit of making more disciples in an end in itself is kind of is almost fruitless because it doesn't really go anywhere. It just becomes kind of another kind of tribalism, and what we've seen in the in history is that it becomes kind of a colonialism. But when we can see that what we're doing is like trying to trying to grow as followers of Jesus in the commandments of Jesus, which called us to action and inviting people to that same kind of action, that equitable building of relationships with God and with one another, then we see disciple as, as like an, a verb. It's like an action. You know, it's not just a thing that you label yourself and then you get to be in a disciples club. You, you have to, like, you, <laughs> you act your way into discipleship. You don't believe your way into discipleship. And, and like... Yeah, I think that's I just I think that's really important to think about is like as we're teaching and talking and reflecting and discussing what it means to be a disciple, we cannot separate that from the actions of love that Jesus called us to. 
And when they are separated, then you get that kind of hypocrisy that people can't stand <laughs> in uh, yeah. churches, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're doing it, we're doing, we do ourselves a disservice when we think that discipleship is about right belief and not about right action. And I don't think that, that those two things have to be separate either, but one is a means to the end of the other one. Like, right. r- like action is the most, is the primary purpose and belief should lead us to action, and they should feed one another. But, but there is such a thing as orthopraxy, which is, which is right action. Like, orthodoxy is right belief. And Jesus was much more concerned about people getting their actions to one another and to God right than to tell them what they're supposed to believe about himself or about God. So... Yeah. So that kind of takes us to our third point, right? Yeah. Because yes. our third point is actually the very last line mm-hmm. um, of this gospel and of Matthew's gospel, which is, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And David and I are going to share this point because we both like it, mm-hmm. um, but also because we have kind of a different way of, of thinking about it that I think connects to everything that we've said thus far, which is, and remember, I am always with you to the end of the age. Well, Jesus has spent a lot of time talking with his disciples, traveling with his disciples, teaching to his disciples, um, performing miracles, all of the things that have happened. And part of all of that thread has been that that this is not a a story that takes place, that is completely encapsulated in this time period. It is a story that goes on for all time. It is the way that they will always be in relationship um, with God. But it's also, he realizes that even though they should know this at this point, even though he has told this, even though he has exhibited this, that sometimes we need to be reminded that we're not in this all by ourselves, Mm -hmm. that we do not walk alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that even when Jesus has, we just had Ascension Sunday, not, you know, according to the scripture we're reading right now, but we mm-hmm. just in the lectionary year right. experienced the Ascension. And as part of that, we, Jesus goes back up, back up to heaven, but that doesn't mean that we're here all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yet sometimes it's incredibly possible to feel like we are. It's very possible to feel lonely to feel disconnected and like the story was finite mm-hmm. uh, and we're traveling all by ourselves. And so I love the fact that this language, it, it's a, it's a familiar language that all of us use when we're communicating with people that we care about. To me, it sounds almost nurturing mm-hmm. and remember, I am always with you yeah. to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think this gives us a nice little entryway into talking about the the Trinity itself, God as triune, thinking about how, because one of the ways, I think one of the helpful ways to think about it, especially if we're trying to just kind of like begin to wrap our heads around what what we're talking about when we're talking about God as triune, is that there is a relationality within the very character of God that that you have, um, there's this, there's this, uh, this Greek word called perichoresis, and, and Richard Rohr wrote about it. It's, he translated it as like the divine dance, but it's, it's like interpenetration that like we have this, that within the very, within, within the very nature of God, there is relationality. So, so that like the, the, at its very most basic level, talking about the Trinity is talking about God as relation as relationship, and that we are gathered into that relationship 
just in our very being. And that this is how Jesus can say, and I am with you always, because you are part of this relationship that is in, within God. You are in God and within relationship, and I am within God in this relationship too, that we are all kind of in relationship together. And obviously, this very mystical, hard-to-explain, mm-hmm. hard-to-pinpoint way. <laughs> but, um, but true nonetheless, you know, and I think we go, we like grow in different levels of feeling this and knowing this, you know, we kind of fluctuate in, in our connected, our connectedness to that reality or our, or our forgetfulness of that reality. So Jesus is, is inviting us to always remember that we are, that we are gathered up into this relationship that is God all the time. And that we, we find that deep well of resources when we feel like we are out of resources in God because we are in that relationship and, and yes. gathered up into that relationship. So I, a lot, oh, there's a lot in those four verses, you know. There's I was just, just about to say for four verses we had a lot to yeah. say, David. Yeah. So to recap those three points. <laughs> Good luck. If I can remember all the way back to however long that was ago. Um, Point number one was about doubt, uh, and that some some worshipped while some doubted, and that they all stayed in community with one another. And uh, Charlotte's point of you know in the importance of conserving this doubt as as the growing, cultivating energy of our faith and of our life. Um, number two was mine, and it was about discipleship and Jesus's command to make disciples of all nations, and for us to ask the question. Why? What is the what is the end to which discipleship uh, gets us? You know, and and trying to look back on Jesus's on those commandments he's asking the the discipleship disciples to invite people into, and take a real look at the actions of discipleship and not just uh, the beliefs um, and how those two things interact. And then third and finally is uh, this invitation from Jesus is a reminder to his disciples, to remember that he will always be with them, that we, that the Trinity shows us that God is relationship, that God is relational, and that we are gathered up in that relationship, which is God. And thus, Jesus is with us. God is with us. So, having heard that gospel, you could go back and read it right now in like two seconds, maybe <laughs> maybe 25 seconds, you know. Uh, go back and read it on whatever translation you have. Maybe you have the same one, different one. Uh, see if anything jumps out to you uh, from these four, these last four verses of Matthew's gospel. If anything does, or if you have any questions or comments or stories, please email us or contact us. You can email faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website where you can also find all the faith to go resources, www.myfaith2go.org. Thank you all again for uh, tuning in for this week of the Faith to Go podcast for the first Sunday after Pentecost, aka Trinity Sunday. We hope you have uh, some wonderful heretical discussions about the Trinity. And uh, we will be back in your podcast feed next week, the second Sunday after Pentecost, (laughs) a.k.a. Proper Six. Until next time, we got to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.